0: The Tech It Up Talk Podcast aspires to educate, inform, and inspire educators from teachers to school leaders on tips, tools, and resources to support the integration of technology into classroom instruction. You ready? Here we go. You're listening to Tech It Up Talk with Dr. Mac, your host with the most passion for supporting educators from teachers to school leaders with the integration of technology into instruction. In this episode of Tech It Up Talk, we are discussing the importance of understanding who we serve as educators and how technology is shifting our practice to connect and build relationships to make a positive impact in schools. And joining me in this discussion, I have the pleasure of having two fabulous educational leaders whose servant leadership goes beyond their nine to five roles and into their communities where they continue to serve, lead, and inspire others. Our first guest, Julia Andrews, has over 20 years of experience in the field of education in which she has served as an elementary and middle school classroom teacher and assistant principal. She is currently the director of the Center for Safe and Secure Schools at the Harris County Department of Education in Houston, Texas, while also serving as the president of the Houston Area Alliance of Black School Educators, as well as on the executive board of the Texas Alliance of Black School Educators. Rhonda is an executive director in an urban school district in which she currently supervises, coaches and supports campus principals. She has spent her career organizing teams, resources, curriculum, and best instructional practices to benefit children in the most challenging schools in the country. As an executive director, she has worked with other district leaders on design teams focused on creating health and safety guidelines, operation procedures, and instructional support for teachers and students during this new normal. Her previous educational roles have included serving as principal, assistant principal, reading and literacy specialist, and a national educational consultant for high school reform. She also serves with Julia as the president elect of the Houston Area Alliance of Black School Educators. I am honored to welcome both Ms. Julia Andrews and Ms. Rhonda Mason.
1: Good morning. Hi, how are you doing?
0: Well, I am excited to have you guys here, and I'm also honored. I wanna welcome you guys to the Take It Up Talk podcast. And so I'm excited to have you guys here to share your experience as educational leaders. And I really love sharing and having varying voices from different lenses of education. to Kind of share your perspective, your personal journeys, and hopes to support other educators to enhance their instructional and professional support, maybe their systems, their functionality in the classroom, and just the educational ecosystem as a whole. And so we'll start with just kind of asking if you had to choose one word to describe these last two years in education, since COVID <laughs> has made its presence, what would it be?
1: Wow. Hmm. Um, the reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it, the reckoning. <laughs> uh, I would just say uh, the hard truth so many hard truths like you know just things of just the reality of things have just really hit home uh, in a lot of ways in a lot of different areas yes and julia
2: um i said this so many times this is more than one word but um am i dreaming like is this a really bad dream is this am i in another life that's just how i felt and then you said over the, the last two years, and then we wake up in December and there's a new variant and it's like a deja vu all over again, like a repeat. Not as severe, but it was like, I keep asking myself, what's next? What's
0: next? So, woo, yeah. <laughs> my sentiment. <laughs> Yes. And so, you know, and thank you guys for sharing, because it's been such an awakening moment for so many different people. And so the goal of our episode is to discuss the importance of understanding those you lead, teach or serve. And this will help us to make better informed decisions, to build safe and supportive cultures, to make a positive impact in schools. And so I'm going to just kind of start off with kind of helping our listeners understand why is servant leadership important in education?
1: Well, I, I think it's um Definitely because when we talk about leadership and the difference between working in a field and just working and being in that field as a contributor versus being a leader is the normally the amount of people you supervise. Um, and so what when you just work in a career, you know the technical things. You have the skill and you take care of your task at hand. But I think when you move to leadership, you need all of those technical abilities and all of those skills, but now it's about the people. It's, right. it's, what do you do? I, what, you know, what do I do every day? I lead people. I work with people. I serve people. And so um, I think that transition to leadership is where the whole relational thing comes into play. The uh, emotional intelligence comes into play.
2: So I did, uh, Rhonda, something that I said um, when I got my new position as a director was everything kind of happened super fast and there was not a book in in the world that I could read to prepare me for everything that was kind of thrown or given to me. Um, So as Rhonda said, you're now serving people. And so one of the skills that I always reflect on is grace. And so I remember I learned most from the worst leaders that I had. And the one thing that they always were missing was grace and empathy. And so as we lead, especially in these unprecedented times, we have to lead with grace and empathy and, and realize that no one has been through this. But as a leader, it is my duty to make sure that my staff, however big or small they are, are okay for them to go and pour and do their job and do it successfully. So, um, grace. That, that's my word, grace.
1: I love that, Julia, because I'm the executive director for, for uh, elementary schools, which means I supervise anywhere between 17 to 25 principals. Those 17 to 25 principals supervise anywhere from 70 to 100 staff members. And so if I lead them and I have grace with them, the, I model leadership for them. And um, however I treat them, whatever relationship I have with them, how I make them feel is how they're going to lead their staff. So I love that word, Julia, um, because when we show grace to them, I think they in turn will show grace to their staff. But if we're just so with them, that's how they go and lead lead their staff. So great word.
0: Yeah, what resonated with me, what you said, Julia, was that you learned from those who were not as successful with it and kind of learn from their mistakes. And so one of the next questions I want to ask is like, and I ask you this often in education, like what is the difference between our traditional educational leaders, which I think we still have a plethora of and a servant leader, um, like how would you describe those as being different?
2: Um, I, you know, it, it that's hard to put into words, but when I look at traditional leaders, um, I don't see like a, a footprint of them. So you you may hear about them, but you don't really see anything. And the non-traditional leaders, they're on their social media accounts or on their Twitter accounts, kind of giving, um, pouring into others, or they're just more of, we can see them. Like they they're a real person. And when you think of traditional leaders, it's kind of by the book and there's nothing wrong with the traditional leader but our, our newer leaders, they kind of are writing the book um, with their digital footprint. And so people follow them and look to them. And I think that that's the difference to me that, um, just when I think of really quickly, the difference between a traditional leader and a, a new age leader is how we see them. Sometimes as leaders, we don't think a person is real or has an outside you know, life. Like when you were a child and you saw your teacher at the grocery store, like, oh my gosh, My teacher's at the grocery store. So now with social media in the last two years, we've gotten to see some people in a whole different light. Like they are truly human. They're going through things that we go through. um, And it's just humanizing that leadership role that we don't always get to see, for me.
1: I think uh, I love that, um, Julie, I call that authentic Leadership in a a lot of ways, it's it's knowing more than just my title. You start to feel like you know who I am um, at the core. Um, Additionally, I think it's the focus on capacity, building capacity, growing people. Um, I think a traditional leader looks to, of course, like I said earlier, the task at hand, a management piece, like I'm the leader in regard to I give permission, I set a vision, I tell everyone what to go do to make that vision happen, and I evaluate how well they did with that vision, right? Um, but I think a servant leader, we look at how do I make Julia the best you know, uh, educator that she can be? And I think it goes outside of the walls of whatever district or building, I'm in. I'm building capacity in everyone around me, regardless of where they are ten years from now. I've still, I've still poured into them, and then that's how I uh, evaluate myself: is the people that work with and around me, did they leave me better than when I met them, and are there lessons or things that I modeled for them? Um, that they say, man, I, I remember when she taught me that. I always learned that from you, um, and it doesn't matter what building they're in now. I'm not one of these people like once you leave my district or you leave my le- under my leadership, you're still under my leadership in a lot of ways because you know with ha- uh, Hapsy and Tabsy and Napsy, part of our focus is the fact that we're we network so much and it goes outside of any school district or city and even state.
0: Right, and I love that because when you kind of build that culture within someone, they can take that, that seed that you planted and then go and impact other areas. And so it's like the diffusion of innovation theory all over again, because you are diffusing uh, a positive culture, diffusing servant leadership, modeling um, expectations of, like you said, authentic leadership that can build and plant seeds in other places. And so let's go ahead and transition to our, our, our next question. So with that said, us explaining leadership, its importance, like why is it important for you as a leader to understand the people that you support, whether they're students, teachers, school leaders, or just campuses in general?
2: Um, I, I feel like as a, as a leader, um, as a, with an organization of over four or 500 members or the small organization that um, at my, my job, we have to understand where they're coming from to know how we're gonna get them to the next level. So it's always great when you see people that you've led or um, work side by side with, get promotions or how you've poured into them or how they've poured into you. But I think understanding um, in any role, if it's the students, um, when I was in this traditional school setting, if you don't know where your students are coming from and what they've gone through in their background, you won't ever understand them. So building relationships, whether it's with parents, students, teachers, your colleagues, um, people you serve in a volunteer organization with, um, the relationships at the end of the day are are key. Um, and if you think about um, some of the most powerful people you've ever met, you've got to know them personally and professionally because of the relationships that you've built or, or in my case that i built. Um, one thing when I was an assistant principal, I had a student who, she had a baby, and so her mother put her out, and I just took her, her and the baby under my wing, like these are these are my kids, until I could get her the help. Everybody probably wouldn't do that, but I understood that if we didn't save this child and her newborn child, we were going to lose them, and and that's what I say. Sometimes you have to go beyond the the four walls that you're in, and I don't recommend that um, for you new leaders. Don't do that, but. Um, going out and, and building those relationships and building the relationships with her, her mother, um, the schools, the community. So how, how can we help support this student? And that was just one of the many examples. But that's what taught me how powerful relationships are. Um, so like Rhonda said earlier, which was a great point, even if you're not still leading or working with them, um, they still have poured into you and, and made your life better probably for the most part. So relationships for me
1: so i think um years ago when i was still teaching i want to say maybe my first year teaching um, i read a book and it was called uh, do you know enough about me to teach me and i feel like um, from even from a leadership i keep that in my mind do you know enough about me to lead me and that goes as far as the students like do i know if you have a parent who is deceased or do I know um, that you were McKinney Vento and you've been homeless or you've been moved around a lot? Um, do I know that you possibly are very bright, but you missed 46 days of school? And so in order to make great decisions for you and to be there and to support that student, I need to know all of those things. The just need to know all of those things. Um, and that goes as far as staff um, as well. So when I was a campus principal, like clockwork, you know, I walked the hall every morning. and we did um, threshold, which is where you stand at the door and you greet every kid as they come into the room. And and sometimes that greeting is fist to five. You know, what kind of day are you having? You know, five meaning it's the best day ever. One. Meaning I don't, and so when I understand that, that gives me information to follow up on later. With staff, so going by and I would almost do that to them. You know, I'd walk through, you know, how's it going? And just every day planting those seeds um, and learning about them. Um, And I learned how, what their love language was. Meaning some people like to be recognized. Some people, they don't mind if you stand in front of the entire, you know, staff and say, Oh, Jocelyn did this. Jocelyn's the best one, and other people will die if you do that. You know, they want a nice little handwritten note put in their box, and so understanding that about my staff, because what I've seen leaders do is they will be having culture and climate issues at their campus, and when I talk to them about it, they're like, "But I bought them pizza last week, and and I got everybody Chick Fil A, and I did, and it's like." Did, did did you ask them if that's what they wanted? Like, what do they want from you? What is the, What is it that they need from you? Because if you can buy me all the food you want and I'll eat it, but if you make me feel like mud every time, you know, I interact with you, it doesn't matter. And so do you see me? Do, do you see me as the parent, the employee, the community member? Do you see the core of who I am My experience is, do you understand me? Because you can't lead me if you don't know me. Not really. Not genuine, authentic leadership. You're just the boss if you don't know me. Right. I like that. And
0: that can really lean into my next question. So, like, what are some ways that we can leverage technology to help support our teachers and leaders in understanding those that they serve?
1: So I'm a big... I feel like culture and climate is so important when it comes to like campus culture, the, the, the outer community as far as your parents and people like that. And so one of the things I think we do is we progress measure academics, like academic progress. So what reading level are you on now? What your progress is with a certain skill in math? But one of the things I'm working with my Principles to do is to do the same thing around your culture, your climate, like feedback. So we can leverage technology by using tools to constantly solicit feedback from your staff, your students, your parents about your leadership, about the campus, about resources, all the things that we make decisions about to be more informed In those decisions by the people that actually have to use them the people that they're meant to support the same
2: the same kind of lines with rhonda my in my um, organization i feel like technology is what we weren't so good at um as a whole organization two years ago and then when we had to pivot um, we didn't have a choice and so most of our trainings and programming was face-to-face in person. And then within two days, we had to pivot all of our offerings to an online um, offering and figure out virtual platforms and how to get the messaging out. And so um, the biggest technology that we use or that we we, are, we need in our my organization, my division, is our marketing and communication division. So how can we reach our stakeholders and our clients um, to, to provide the information and the trainings um, that we're required to give. And so, um, as Rhonda said, surveying, um, what do our clients and our colleagues, what do they need at this moment? And so we we were very big um, with Qualtrics online program. Um, so we use Qualtrics for everything. We ended up using them for um, our surveys. And then as most people in every district use them for like return to work COVID strategies, but. We relied heavily on technology because without um, the use of online technology, the online platforms, um, we couldn't we couldn't successfully do our job. And so getting everyone comfortable, that was key. And that's what I was telling Dr. McDonald earlier is instructional technology is where we kind of are falling short of because we can give students a laptop, but what are they gonna do with it? And then how do you engage um, students who For whatever reason don't have their cameras on don't have the technology makeup so how are we thinking outside of the box to really make sure we're reaching all of our students and they're getting the education they need so all forms of technology but especially the online platforms was um a huge pivot for us and for myself
0: right well thank you guys for sharing and so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment of the show which i like to call get your tech together and so in this segment I would like for you guys to share some specific technology tools or applications that you feel uh, educators employers or even students uh, may need to have in their digital toolbox especially when we're considering understanding the people or schools that we serve
1: so um, I feel like collaboration is so important especially in our field um, because we need, it's like all 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 hands on deck all the time, all heads on deck all the time. And so anything that can be used to collaborate in the moment. So I share, like if I'm working on a document, I'm always like sharing that document with other people um, so that in the moment we're all in the document, we're all in, in pieces working on things together, putting comments on the side versus emailing back, and forth, you know. I think um, another thing would be videos, like whatever platform you you're using. But actually, I could send, a, I could type out a message, and you could read it, maybe, and really get the essence of maybe the gist of what it is I'm trying to say. But you don't know me, and you don't know how I intended that to be. But if I can reach, um, you know, in Hatsy, like Julia said, we have about 450 members. And so, with COVID and everything, we were not able to have meetings and things like that all the time. And so, just being able to hear from me say, hey, guys, you know, we're going to be having this, you don't want to miss it. It just gets people excited. Um, it makes people feel like they are engaged, you're engaging with them more. Um, and so, I think anytime that we can create a video, um, for something versus just sending that in a note or a letter or an email.
2: I wholeheartedly agree with Rhonda. Anything Google is our, our friend, especially in, in Hapsy because it's an instant edit. Um, even with my doctoral program, um, writing my concept proposal, I was writing and my dissertation chair was editing as I was writing. And so that process was like unmatched, it was instant. In my current role we do school safety audits and they're mandatory by the state and the checklist is about 40 to 45 pages long of just questions um we developed an app and so we are instant so when we're out doing our school safety and facility audits we're right there with our ipad or tablet or our phone and we're able to take pictures capture it and it builds our report as we go so we're not flipping through actual papers and, and writing up, um, it does it for us. And that was like a huge time saver. And so that's my biggest um, aha moment with technology to date is our, our new app as far as work, because it's so instant and it takes the burden off of trying to type out everything. Um, and then as Rhonda said, and um, Hapsy, we had to go virtual. This is the second year we're going virtual with our um, teacher awards and recognition ceremony. And you would think because it's virtual, it's much easier, but it's more time consuming. But without technology, it would be almost impossible. So people can upload their application, take their pictures, everything is virtual and then create this amazing program. So I'm really looking forward to ways to continue to use technology to enhance our organization, um, both personally and professionally.
0: I like that because well, you made me think about one thing that I do just to support teachers and when you were talking about the app. Um, and and sometimes even if you don't have an app, you can still leverage your phone. So I'm just thinking about going doing observations for teachers to better support them and how I would just use my my notes feature on my iPhone to capture that image. That way we can have a discussion to kind of see what our thoughts were because sometimes when we're trying to write down the notes, it doesn't, that just doesn't come across. And so Rhonda, you mentioned a lot of that. when you know, sending messages in versus video. And so, you know, your perspective of how you support people, your presence, um, your tone, definitely helps support with it being received and understanding um, the needs of those we're serving. And so uh, thank you guys so much for sharing that. So we're going to now move to our last segment of the show, which I like to call the Tech Smackdown. <laughs> and so this is just uh, how we end our show with leaving our listeners with um, tips and uh, best practices for them to Take it back with them. And so, uh, how we're going to do this is we'll just let you guys uh, share your top two tips to leave our audience with, and then we'll let our audience decide who gave the best tip. And so, um, who wants
1: to go first, you, Julie, or Rhonda? she gave me that you're gonna go first look okay um so one tip would be and i mentioned this a little bit more around pro- progress monitoring um the actual culture and climate of your organization and what i mean what that looks like is surveys um microsoft forms um apps that collect feedback feedback is a gift so what i i don't want to do is be the, the leader who's walking around and i say you know your fly is open but nobody's telling you. So <laughs> any way that you can solicit feedback, uh, I say go for it, and I say do it often. Have some a system for it, meaning there's a monthly survey that goes out to staff about so that I can fix issues or things that they need from me that they're not getting. Um, the other one would be uh, in a district that I was in, we were using uh, Sydney because instant feedback, is so important. And so whether it be Sid me or any other platform where a teacher can, when you're doing your observations, a teacher can record herself, it would be on her phone, it's non-evaluative. But if they wanted to send that video to me, in the moment, it wouldn't be like how we do observations now, it's a summary and the teacher doesn't know when they did that, when they didn't call on you know enough people or whatever. It's in the video, in the moment, I can say, um, great job holding everyone accountable for the learning, continue to, to do that. Know you knew exactly what every kid could or could not do. Or I could say, hey, be careful here. You've only called on the same two students, you know, all day long in that moment. And it was instant feedback. So I think it, ways that we can, any way that we can use technology to give or get feedback uh, is definitely something we need to be doing.
2: So um, for me, I think um, my biggest technology tip goes around calendaring. If it's not on my calendar, it's probably not gonna get done because I'm not gonna remember. For instance, um, I can't expect my staff to remember everything if I don't send calendar invites and vice versa. And so we have, every Monday we calendar up and so we sync our calendars, making sure for the week everything goes um, on our calendar. Um, And I kind of live by my calendar. I wake up in the morning and I go to sleep at night. I look at my calendar and that's kind of how I process how my day is going to go, where I'm going to start out, how I'm going to start out, what I'm going to wear. I live by that calendar on my phone. Um, The second tip is something that I was not so great at until recently, and that is developing a newsletter, but just not a newsletter that has a bunch of words, but informative information. and so. Every month, Papsi, we put out a newsletter and that's helped me grow my professional work where I put out a, a newsletter for my division that goes to all of our stakeholders about upcoming events, what we've been doing. Um, and I like to incorporate videos or pictures of what we're doing because some people are visual learners like me. So I will look at the picture and then I'll go back and read uh, what's going on and, and making it aesthetically friendly for those of us who like colors and and all of those things to grab our attention. So my first tip is um, outlook, like our calendaring, um, being fair to everyone, making sure um, we're all on the same page and we know where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be. And then um, that digital newsletter that you can just read and share anywhere just to know what's going on, what's upcoming and and what we're doing. I think that really helps increase your brand and, and keeps your, your customers and clients and colleagues informed. So those are my two tips.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And before we, uh, part ways from the show today, if you guys can just share with our listeners, how they can connect with you and be a part of your learning network.
1: Well, I'm on Twitter, Rhonda Mason. You can follow me. And then I'm on LinkedIn as well. And so, and also with the Houston Area Alliance of Black School Educators, we're very present on that Twitter handle, Facebook. I mean, we're very, very present there as well. And so uh, please, I'd love to hear from some of your listeners.
2: Thank you. And same with me, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, and then everything Houston Area Alliance of Black School Educators, you can do a quick search and you can find us there and see what's upcoming.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to have you on and I look forward to another opportunity to bring you guys back on as guests for a potentially different topic, but I like to end the show with tech. It may not always be easy, but it sure is fun. Thank you for listening to the tech it up talk podcast with Dr. Mack, your host with the most passion for supporting educators on using and implementing technology. Be sure to connect with me on the Tech It Up Talk Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram at Tech It Up Talk or at Dr. J.E. McDonald. Now, I know teching may not always be easy, but it sure is fun.